So who would play Tom Hardy in a movie of Tom Hardy's life? Tom Hardy. Gary Busey. No. Who would play? Oh, what's uh, his name? Uh, Gary oh. Busey. <laughs> God, I hope not. I feel bad for Tom Hardy. Uh, Gary Busey Jr. Well, that's. I could see Jake Busey playing Gary Busey in yeah, a Gary Busey Jake biopic. Busey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be hilarious. Is it weird that Jake Busey seems better, like put together, than Gary Busey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give it a decade or so. Yeah, Gary Busey, fifteen years ago, seemed normal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, twenty years. Ago. I feel like I feel like you could okay, you could see the cracks starting to form in the early nineties with Gary Busey. Like, no, that might be true. So did we enable him? Oh no, did we create Gary Busey? <laughs> Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films. I'm Kevin. I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. I'm Nate. I'm Tom. We're talking about movies that came out when you were six years old. I had the pick this month, and there's a movie that I've been wanting to get on the podcast for a long time, and I couldn't think of a pairing or a theme or, or anything along those lines. <laughs> and I realized, this came out when I was six. That's a good theme. So I went with that. Movies that came out <laughs> when you were theme. six. Um, and it's funny, because anybody I've mentioned that to, they're like, wait, what was that? Movies that came out when you're six? Yeah. So it might take a little bit of explanation. So anyway... Getting right into it. As uh, yours usually do. That's true. <laughs> hey, come on. Were you the prescient was... guy? Obvious. <laughs> prescient movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why we keep using it. So I chose the 1979 Scavenger Hunt. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the 1984 Blob. No. I don't... 87, right? Somewhere in that range. In the mid... 88. Okay, 88. Uh, another one. Oh, no, I think Strangers in Paradise. Next. Yeah, Strangers, Strangers in Paradise was in 84. I didn't, I'm not saying I'm in order. I'm just telling you what we're going to talk about. Wait, what was the last one? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the pairing to my movie, Scavenger Hunt, uh, is the in-laws. Um, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Scavenger Hunt came out in 1979, and the movie is based on, uh, as I don't know if you'd call it a common theme that i was familiar with no you, you, you've you got comedy. a, yeah. I don't a, know a you rich guy comedy. who dies and feels i've got money i can make people do whatever i want mm -hmm. so when he dies in his will he leaves money however they have to go through a scavenger hunt and the winner of that scavenger hunt gets the fortune if i remember correctly i believe he said it was 200 million dollars yeah. in 1979 dollars that's a lot of money yeah oh yeah that's not something to sneeze at nope yeah uh, but now now it's chump change. I wouldn't do it. A day's worth of work? No yeah. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I watched this movie growing up. Uh, I have a lot of fun stuff to say about it. There's some. There's a, a great cast of mostly B-list actors. Mostly B-list actors. Some a lot of that guys. <laughs> some that have since turned into, hey, okay, they're still acting today. Yeah. Cloris Leachman for one of them. Uh, some have gone on to politics. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so it, it's a great cast. Um I'm going to start out on what I hope is a high note and ask Nate, what did you think of this film? I have conflicting opinions with this film because like, um, well, I was, I was watching with, with my wife and we laughed at some moments, but there were, there are these huge gaps where it just, it was not keeping my attention. It wasn't that funny. There are some good bits. It feels like a long vignette film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll let Tom handle all the offensive racist jokes or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's like one. Which, 
For, oh, for, for the most part, yeah, the last one. The last one was the worst. Hello? The... Wait, Nate, did you just drop uh, out? Nate? Oh, he's not. He's actually technically still on, but. He's probably still talking. He has no idea. Yeah. He's just talking. You're <laughs> all texting. And for my 14th point, <laughs> just to reiterate, I can't remember what the last one was. The last racist comp? Which yeah. one? What was it? Yeah, I, I don't was just saying the last one's the worst. Didn't I? Oh, the Seppuku one. Oh, yeah, that's pretty Oh, cool. the guy. <laughs> Where he kills himself. The gardener. And, and you know what? I called it. Yeah. I, actually, no, I didn't call it. What I said was, why don't they just have him commit seppuku? <laughs> like, I said it sarcastically to myself. Like, you know. And then he did. That's the most ridiculous thing you could possibly throw in at this point. And then, yeah. <laughs> but it says I'm connected. I guess move on without me. Okay, so sounded like I was going to get a relatively favorable grade. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best like, Get him back. <laughs> I know. I need that grade. Yeah. All right. Can move um, on. Let's see. How can we segue from this? We'll come back to somebody, and then if he pops back on, he'll... What was his point yeah. finish again that he left on? That's what I was trying to remember. The racist. racist. Uh, but he said, he said he was, says Tom, going to let you, you know, address the, the single racist oh. comment. We lose. I'm just kidding. Just the one. I could go on. Let's was... talk about the team of the butler, the chef, the French maid, and the... Oh, there no, we go. No, there's another guy. Hey. Hey. Go ahead. Continue on. Like so, nothing ever happened. So we... Oh. <laughs> You dropped out already... just as you were saying you were going to let Tom talk about the offensive stuff in the movie, and then you dropped. Yeah, so we probably I've, lost I've... three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Tom, through his uh, text messages, expressed more vitriol. Um, my, <laughs> my biggest, which, which will be more interesting, I mean, mine will just be kind of like, meh, you know, they were, there was an offensive racist, racist joke, but whatever. I, what was more troubling for me from a film standpoint was just that there were parts that were boring. Yeah. Um, and there's like it's it's part of it, it breaks under these funny comedy vignettes. And if the the Cloris Leachman stuff just her whoever was her son was so annoying. Oh god! Oh, she, Is that yeah, Richard Mazur? Richard Mazur. Yeah. yeah, I knew oh. everybody in this oh. film. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was awful. He was in uh, One Day at a Time. No, no, the no, not the guy with the creepy mustache. But the the son that had the glasses broken. Yeah, he was in a lot of yeah. '80s TV sitcoms. Yeah, he was and like stuff like that. Yeah, he was yeah. in it. Yeah, he seemed the... very familiar. Yeah, yeah. Just he's him. One of, nobody he's one else. Of, he's, he's, he's a that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that yeah. Guy. A lot of these people are that guys. Yeah, a lot of they're them. all that guys. We're just made up of that guys. The dad and the kids scenes; those weren't that funny. That was actually the redeeming, most redeeming yeah. part of it, because I felt like there was genuine feeling. Like they actually, yeah, like there was, was something one, there. Was of, yeah, they were sweet, but they weren't funny. I, I, I yeah, it, it wasn't to be funny. Redeeming. I need it to be funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, honestly, I kind of enjoyed the four servants the most. I thought that they had the actual, yeah. as over the top as their stuff was, they were the funniest. The two young guys, I didn't even know what to make of them. They were strangely picking up the fat guy. Like, that yeah. was such I mean, a face from the A team. Yeah. Yeah. And the dude that was in charge. Weird well, situation. He had a thought, yeah. From, uh, oh, eight is enough. Too. Eight, that's the thing. Yeah. All these people were so popular in the 70s and the 80s in TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. To see this collection of cast. I can yeah, see. Yeah. I mean, you're filling your movie with basically middling TV actors. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to pull off an it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah. And that's exactly what. Except was this that before, one had actual talent in it. Was that this before or after It's a Mad, 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 after. Mad World? Mad was 63. This yeah. is 79. Because okay. there was, a, if I remember, I feel like there was lots of movies like this where they were just kind of, 
like nab lots of actors, throw them together. It was kind of a type of movie genre at the time. Maybe not a crazy scavenger hunt. Right. But, yeah, I mean, Mad, uh, Mad World was basically a, a giant scavenger hunt for a treasure. Right. And then yeah. there were a lot of other movies that followed over the 60s and 70s. So, so Nate, how would you grade and, this yeah. movie? So I'm, I'm going to end up giving it a D because I really don't think I'm, gonna, I'm going to revisit it. And it's, it's, only, it's got a few funny bits. But other than that, there's not, there's not too much. I felt bad for the poor guy who kept losing his ostriches. <laughs> you mean uh suffering succotash yeah. yeah yeah suffering succotash guy yeah. it was yeah. clearly it was clearly a kid's movie though oh yeah. is 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 that why they started off with orgasmic noises for five minutes yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> that, that was the that was the you know obligatory throw throw out to the parents so they yeah. have something to watch I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure actually that i'm pretty sure that was the actual death of vincent price <laughs> 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 All right, Tom, let's get it over with. What did you think of it? You don't want to just have me here to uh, keep making no. snarky comments toward everybody else's reviews? No, no. <laughs> we all have a, a, an equal right to our wrong opinion. No, I am genuinely curious. Aside from the generic, yeah, I know you didn't like it. Yeah, this is an F. <laughs> oh. I'll just tear the Band-Aid right off. There were things that were almost redeeming, like, yeah, sure, it's sweet that the kids come back to, you know, rally to make the father feel better. And I'm sure there was maybe a moment or two where I giggled, yeah. you know, in a non-ironic way. He's unwilling. I don't know. It was, just, it was just really long and painful. And I spent half <laughs> the movie with my hands on my forehead. <laughs> like, I, it was bad physical comedy. Or was it like Richard Benjamin? Is that the creepy lawyer with the pencil mustache oh yeah yeah who yeah wanted to he he said he was inspired by wiley coyote it's like yeah but wiley coyote is funny and enjoyable to watch like i don't know just, <laughs> the whole thing like all right you, their you wanted... scene with them the worst the worst the hardest to watch scene in this movie was them trying to move the safe up and down the stairs yeah like, just for so long and yeah there was there was a lot more racism going on than just the seppuku Oh yeah, the Indian thing and uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that, and like, I mean, all right. First, you start out with the most basic, right? Where you got the you got the team of the English butler, <laughs> and you know who's very proper and like the stupid yeah. French maid and she's, playing a ditz, she's just playing a ditzy blonde, yeah. The black yeah. chauffeur. They even do the "What do you mean, you the people?" Joke. Gardner. It's like, this is the kind of racism where I don't feel. It's not malicious. It's just sort of a... It's acknowledging they should have known better, right? but at the time, yeah. they didn't really know better. The world wasn't offended about... Or so concerned about offending people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think they even thought... It wasn't... They didn't think about it. Right. Like, this is funny. It doesn't matter. Like, that's yeah. all, you know... So yeah. it's not It's not a, a malicious yeah. racism, which... It doesn't excuse it, but... There's just... No, there I can no kind of look past it a little bit. Like, right. Cultural right. sensitivity no. was not a yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. meant to be. It was just they weren't thinking. How would someone feel if right, yeah. they watched Seppuku? <laughs> I don't care about offending people, and I don't give a damn about political correctness. But I do get offended by turning an entire people into a punchline, which is what the Indian stuff was doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like I say, I'm not excusing it, but I can look past it because they didn't re like. I'm assuming that the people that wrote that. They weren't trying to be mean. They just thought it was funny, and it didn't even occur to them that it's not okay. You know what right, I mean? Because they're so, ignorant. Well, yeah, and which I can 
look past. I can, yeah, I can look past that where it's okay when it's I can not look malicious. Past it too. This movie is stupid and boring. Yeah, that's right. True. I was actually gonna say like, just like it doesn't matter either way. <laughs> yeah, like, for me, it, it doesn't. It doesn't affect my grade. The problem is they didn't start from any sort any sort of structure, so they yeah. they could basically just go places and film things and try and to film pass them, them off as things. being funny. Like yeah, the humor isn't built out of anything organic. It's just yeah. I say well, the humor like there is some, but you know, <laughs> the list would look like it was five hundred items long. So pretty much, yeah, they could have, and yet they all got. About the same things. Like yeah. They all got the ostrich. <laughs> they all got, you know. Well, there were some jokes they were that were carried through the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I. Uh... points for the fattest person you can find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, three out of five of us are laughing at that. There's got to be something funny. It's wrong, but there's got to be something funny. No, I. Uh, it's, funny. Nate, I Nate said this on one podcast. Sometimes it's funny to talk about stuff, it's not funny to watch it. Yeah. No, that's true. All right, let's I keep was... going. Let's keep yeah. going. Steven. Um, so I watched this entire movie. As I should. I, well, no, I, I went over to Kevin's house. Right. And he had been watching it. And he, it was the last maybe 20, 30 minutes. And I sat down and watched the last 20, 30 minutes. And I, I kind of felt oh, like. you watched that before. Yeah, before. Okay. And I kind of felt like I didn't really need to watch yeah, the rest need... of it. No, you didn't. But I'm like, oh, I'll do my due diligence. So I watched it today. But as soon as I got to the moment that it started at Kevin's house, I'm like, eh, good enough. I watched the entire movie. So I can say I watched this movie okay. from beginning to end, just not in the right order. Right. I pulled a Brian. Yeah. So uh, this okay, is. There's, there's a psychological term for that. Where your mind puts pieces together. It's fine. Okay. It's called pulling uh, a Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so this comes out of that tradition. That mad, mad world tradition, right? And this, what's Rat Race? Yeah, uh, I was thinking about that. There's so, another one yeah. that's similar. Can burn in hell. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. But there's there's a couple other ones. So, I, I mean, very much the problem with those kind of movies, and I love it's a mad, mad world. you mean those kind of movies? You know what I mean, uh, those kind of movies. I love that. Sounds like no. you're prejudiced. The problem with those kind of movies is <laughs> almost, in, in order for it to be funny... Right. None of the characters can be likable. Right. right. And that's kind of a tradition of this genre. I don't know if it's a genre, but it's a subgenre or something. Right. I don't like movies where there's nobody good. Like everybody's an asshole. I just the I dad can't... and his kids, they're wonderful. They, they that, yeah. that's why I said this is that was the one asshole, but they were very small had, part. I had no empathy for them. You know, oh, woe is them, who cares? I, I let's rally, kids, come on. But he actually yeah. genuinely seemed like a good guy. Yeah. You know, he was the only one, but he was very small. We spent most of our time with uh, Buddy and, yeah, Buddy and uh, Face. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> or the other, um, I don't know, all the other that yeah, people. Yeah, um, yeah. And the rest. And the rest, yeah. yeah. Way so, too much with Cloris Leachman and her screaming child. Uh, oh, yeah, remember how I said Cloris Leachman was the one thing that gave me hope? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she ended up being one of the worst parts of the movie. Yeah, so I don't, I, I've, I'm not really sure how to grade this because I just don't like this kind of movie Okay. where it's just a bunch of terrible people trying to hurt each other. Just you know? grade it. Just do uh, it. Until the so end. Because at the end, they all wind up they all come rallying against, rallying the, the, against the, the mom and the I son. Did, I did worst. like that. That almost made me like the end. Love yeah. 
I know. I was worried yeah. at the end it was gonna be like he was gonna come out and he's he was gonna be like, oh, I'm not dead, so none of this matters. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was honestly like expecting that. What are you thinking, A or B? I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm gonna give it a D. All right. Yeah. All right. I have to give it a D just because I, that's just that's influenced by the fact that I don't like this kind of movie. Okay. Patrick, round it out. It was D's funny. And an F. It's two D's and an F. Two D's and an F. So I was between a B and a C on this. Oh, yeah, no, really? I enjoyed this movie. Like, the funny thing is, so I sat Don't down, shame. and I know we've talked about how sometimes watching, how you watch it is your Yeah. Thing. Like, this is one of the few, like, the months, because several of them were comedies, so Kate would actually watch the movie with me, because she won't watch right. anything that's not, like, a comedy, basically. Yeah. So we sat down, we turned on, I'm like, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that. So, yeah. for me, I was that kid that was like, I know all these people. So yeah. there was that nostalgia effect of, like... Right. Like, you're watching it, and you're trying to place the guy, you know what right. I mean? And then you're like, ah, oh, like, suddenly we, we'd remember where we'd seen him from right. or something. So, like, there was that aspect of it that was just fun, to, like, to yeah. watch it and try to figure out who you, who they were. Like, when, I, were when I realized it was Richard Mazur, I was like, oh, my God, like, that is so... Which one? Uh... The kid, the son, Close to the son, because I've seen him. Oh, yeah, the yeah, it was horrible, but, like, I was so proud that, like, I recognized yeah. who he was. I was like, oh, that's crazy. So, no, I had a good time watching the movie. I mean, I can agree. There's no real, like, I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah. It's not a good movie by any means. But I enjoyed it all the same. So, you know what? I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B. I, I, I enjoyed it. Late 70s, early 80s movie comedies go. Yeah. Right. It's middle of the road. It exactly. just happens to be the, a kind that I don't really like. No, that's I feel like it's a C movie. That's but, really, but I kind of really enjoy watching it because of the people. Comedy. So I'm bumping it up. Really to the... Is it though? Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. be talking about middle of the road comedy when we get to Nate's movie. Yeah. Hey, what? ouch. All right. You know. <laughs> so I remember growing up watching this. I didn't see it in the theaters. So I probably watched it on HBO or Showtime when it came out. And so I would have been probably seven or eight. And this was right up my alley at that time. Like I said earlier, I had seen a lot of these actors in other things. So it was kind of that, you know, montage of people mm -hmm. that I enjoyed that kind of, that hooked me in. And yeah, and yeah I, I just, I had a great time with it. Uh, when I was either a junior or senior in high school, I don't remember using this as my inspiration, but uh, myself and a couple other friends organized a scavenger hunt. For a whole bunch of people in my town. And yeah, it, it was crazy. We, you didn't win millions of dollars at the end. Anybody bring it it was just an excuse to, to <laughs> do shit, but uh, we had a blast doing it. Oh, and yeah. It, Real scavenger hunts are fun. <laughs> <laughs> we got to live vicariously through the characters. I know. And, and until, Tom, I can... until you have to walk into an olive garden to ask for an olive, you know, you haven't really. <laughs> Or, or to go into a Howard Johnson Inn and ask for a bar of soap. Oh, see, you've done oh, these kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, our list was probably about 100 items long. Wow. Uh, all random stuff. Uh, I still have a stop sign in my garage that my parents <laughs> keep trying to give to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll get it eventually. Uh, we had one kid. One of the, I mean, we put some items on there that were just ridiculous. And one of them was the lights from a cop car. <laughs> and and one kid got arrested because he was trying to steal the lights off a cop car. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Uh, so and we had a blast. We, yeah. we put like a dryer, and somebody found a dryer on the side of the road and brought that. I mean, and of course at the end we just left all this shit in the field, and somebody probably came up to me like, "What the fuck is all this stuff?" <laughs> so, uh, we had a blast with it. But anyway, like I said, that was long after the movie, and 
the reason I wanted to get it on the podcast, I had watched this probably five or six times, you know, when I was in my late adolescence, early teens. And, and this is, you know, a 12 year old boy's kind of thing. Yeah. At least it was for me at that time. Yeah, I and I hadn't seen this probably in 20 years. And so I, something a couple of years ago when we were doing one movie on a podcast, it reminded me of this. And ever since then, I'd wanted to get it on the podcast. Um, and, and I knew watching it for a lot of different reasons. You guys probably wouldn't <laughs> like it. I'm okay with that. And it, it doesn't really tarnish it because even re-watching it now, I'm like, I, I could recognize the nostalgia in it, but I could also recognize the lack of quality. Yeah. So I'm okay. And I'm, there's no way in hell I would give this an A. And, and honestly, I'm kind of between a B and a C, leaning more towards the C uh, because I, I knew it so well. Yeah, I got to give it a C. So thank you for the B. Wow. Okay. No problem. Props to that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give this movie a C. So, I will uh, say it's not the worst movie you've picked for the podcast. <laughs> and we're not talking about Junk January, right? Right. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Now, I I was kind of surprised nobody brought up Under the Rainbow. I just did. I still haven't. Yeah, that's, oh, okay. that's yeah. what I uh, Steve or Nate, can you get a grade up on that? With two Ds and F, a B and a C, Scavenger Hunt gets a D plus or a Kentucky Fried George Lucas. Nice. That's perfect. Kentucky yeah. Fried Movie, Star Wars. Exactly. Exactly where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure of the logic, but okay. Hey, it's your icon, man. Exactly. I was looking up uh, when you were talking about the writers, and you know they probably didn't mean to be this mm -hmm. offensive. Yeah, none of them went on to really write much else or, or anything. It's I refuse to believe this movie had writers. <laughs> well, that's, it, it lists. Uh, it did not receive good reviews. Two for adaptation, two for screenplay, and one for story. Lots of people know. get credited for lots of things on movies. Some even for acting. So, <laughs> Steve, can you bring up Flick Chart? Do you want to do Flick Chart, Tom, or do you want me to do it? I can do Flick Chart, sure. Okay. We can hear okay. Tom complain about our Flick Chart as well. <laughs> <laughs> this week in Buried Cinema, Tom complains. <laughs> Same, Be more right? specific. <laughs> I'm saying you don't seem too positive about the movies this yeah. this week, Tom. In all fairness, like Steven said earlier, I, I think it's just going to be everybody defending their own movies. Pretty everybody much, yeah. Defending all their own movie. yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to talk about the blob. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, so we Before are. we get to that. All right, so now we're going to put this movie on FlickChart. FlickChart's a website that you can go to that allows you to rank movies you've seen against other movies. Uh, and create your list of your top 10, top 100, in Tom's case, top 5,000. And Tom, you're going to run it for us this month. Mm -hmm. You want to go ahead? I'm almost at 3,400 movies, actually. See, wow. I wasn't that far off. Yeah. I like how we always say this is a website you can go to. Like, <laughs> like there are websites you can't go to. to. <laughs> this is a website. You can't a website you're allowed this to This is a website you're not allowed to visit anymore. Because this is a website from the deep web. Exactly. <laughs> we can rank your movies and buy drugs <laughs> based on the movies you rank you get a different drug <laughs> they look at your list and they go this dude needs <laughs> yeah. alright so we're going to throw scavenger hunt on our flick chart what do we got about 551 movies that we've done over the past oh, 7 years or so goody. thank you uh, Nate um, <laughs> yes. alright so adding scavenger hunt first movie comes up against middle of the list Hal's Moving Castle Howl's Moving Castle? Middle of our list. <laughs> yeah, Howl's Moving Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. As a middle movie? Yeah. No. Kind of. It's, it's, it's like middling Miyazaki, but middling Miyazaki is like 
Really good. Kevin, I remember you liking this movie quite a bit. Oh, I love this movie. Yeah, no, I'm going Howl's Moving Castle. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going Howl's Moving Castle. Anybody not going Howl's Moving Castle? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. Scavenger Hunt versus Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Scavenger Hunt. I didn't see it. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Enough said. Scavenger Hunt versus Vampire Hunter D. Vampire Hunter D. I haven't seen it. Didn't see it. Vampire Hunter D. Vampire Hunter D. Ooh. Wow. Wow, You really don't like this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now now we're getting down to it. Scavenger Hunt versus We're Back, a Dinosaur Story. Scavenger Hunt. Scavenger Hunt. I didn't see it. Scavenger Hunt. We're back. I'm glad Brian's not here. I got a chance. We'd still be outvoted. Wasn't that three to two then? Scavenger Hunt wins over We're Back. Scavenger Hunt versus Water for Elephants. I haven't seen it. Water for Elephants. Water for Elephants. That is such a beautiful love story between Robert Pattinson and the elephant. <laughs> yeah, when he abandons the elephant to Christoph Waltz's, you know, pokey thingy, so he can run off and have sex with Reese Witherspoon in a hotel room. I mean, I th- I, I thought that was a really daring choice to talk about abusive relationships. I don't know why you guys didn't recognize that. Um, Plus, he got to bang from. Reese Witherspoon. So. <laughs> yeah, they both look like they really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I say now I have to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the titillation, just why is that weird? It was such a it is such a lame, like sex scene. Yeah, it really is. The whole movie, Reese Witherspoon and Robert Pattinson like really do look miserable when they're with each other. And when he's the reason why I always joke is because when he's with the elephant, he seems so excited to do these scenes. (laughs) He's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like Uh, I also went Water for Elephants. Uh, Water for Elephants wins. Scavenger Hunt versus The Hobbit, 1977. Scavenger Hunt. Uh, the nine. I'm going The Hobbit. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, going The Hobbit. I think they're about, The Hobbit has at least some nostalgia factor for me, whereas Scavenger Hunt doesn't at all. Well, I mean, it also has some art to it. Well, yeah, there's that too. That's the reason <laughs> I voted for Vampire Hunter D, is because it has some art to it. Like, it's yeah. not just point yeah. a camera at a bunch of C-list actors and tell them to improv. Hey, some of them are B-list. <laughs> <laughs> or who went the Hobbit? I went the I Hobbit. I think the Hobbit wins. Yeah, I'll go the Hobbit. Oh, okay. Hobbit. The Hobbit wins. So we got a we got a late seventies face off here. Uh, Scavenger Hunt versus Star Crash. Star Crash. Oh, I don't. Star this Crash. is one with the hot woman in it. Is it? Kinda. Yeah, this uh, is the really weird Star Wars ripoff. Yeah. yeah. With the Western like, robot? Yeah. The yeah. robot? MST3K do it. They did on the new season. Yes, they did. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, why, did that's the only it. time that's I've why. seen because it. Because we right. did it, guys. Because yeah. we did it. That's why they... We brought back it. Star Crash. This yeah. movie is so fun. It is. It's would... actually more fun than Scavenger Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I would actually go Star Crash. I would rather watch it again. Yeah, me too. This isn't degrading to women. I think I... Oh, it absolutely oh, Star, is. Star yeah. oh, but that's okay. Yeah, that's no, okay. it's not okay. But that's I said. The, yeah. the, the time period, I can look past it and enjoy other things. And the fact that they're Italian. Oh, it's wait. degrading to everybody. <laughs> that's why I don't mind it. Even robots. So, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So if Scavenger Hunt had offended a wider range of audience, you would have been okay with it? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> We're going to shoot coffins through a window in space, and then guys are going to jump out and get shot. That's our plan. <laughs> Sounds great. They've got like a two-minute sequence of like these uh, coffins going by. That didn't work. All right, plan B. We're going to fly a city into, uh, into the planet. It. Yeah. Scavenger hunt versus Independence oh, Day Regurgence. Oh, scavenger oh, hunt. God. Scavenger hunt. 
Scavenger. That was a movie that never needed yeah. to be made, ever. That made me mad. That I'm going to go Scavenger Hunt. Yeah. It's, it's a movie that hints at a good movie, and then yeah. completely drops that storyline and fucks you, it up from you there. You see that uh, Honest Trailer on this said the same thing that we did yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because we said it. I'm just telling you guys, the internet just copies everything we do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I've been Netflix I've been making does. this argument, and how much more evidence yeah. do I need to point out? Scavenger hunt wins. Winky dink? I think not. Wait, Tom, can you say that a few more times? <laughs> Scavenger hunt wins. It's now at 5:15 on our flick chart, out of 5:52. Sandwich between Star Crash and Independence Day Regurgence. We are going to uh, take a short break, come back and talk about Nate's pick of the in-laws. All right. So um, for my pairing, I actually had what we call kind of like the wild card. And so I chose the in-laws. It's a film by Arthur Hiller. It's actually um, somewhat surprisingly also from 1979. Boom. It's, it's a comedy uh, starring Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, back when he still had hair. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's about two fathers who their children are getting married, and through to some height to each other, through, through some hijinks, they end up accidentally on kind of an action adventure and accidentally unsettling a Central American dictatorship. I would take issue with the word accidentally. I don't know. It was I don't all know. Peter, Peter Falk's, Falk's character, fault. it was all his fault. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like this is a 1970 sort of action comedy. I don't know if you yeah. guys would agree. Yeah, um, yeah. Starring the classic action hero, Peter Falk. Exactly. Starring the classic action hero, Peter Falk. <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious. I'm going to go, since he was so gracious to me, and let me speak first. I'm going to go to Kevin first on this. Um, this is another 1979 movie. I don't know if you saw this when you were a kid or if this cropped up. I have never seen this movie before. Um, by the time I was made aware of Alan Arkin and Peter Falk, I was probably my mid to late teens. Um, yeah. it's when you started putting their posters up in your bedroom. Oh yeah. One right <laughs> over my bed on the ceiling. Yeah, totally. You uh, had Columbo on one side of the oh. <laughs> yeah. No, And that's it's funny. So you brought up Columbo. My mom and dad, I kind of remember them watching Columbo. Uh, so I'm very familiar with both the actors. I started off hating this movie. It just, it, they're... Their characters, their, and I don't know if at the time this was their shtick. Um, that's kind of how I knew it. That's, that's that was my uh, recollection of, of the kind of actors that they were. And I'm going, oh crap! I'm going to have to sit through two hours of you know all this. But somewhere at some point, I don't, and I don't know when, it turned on me, and I really started enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I, I started, you know, kind of getting the whole. Uh, awkward dad trying to fumble through and follow this, you know, supposed CIA guy. And, and it, it had me going uh, on a, I guess, on a steady climb on a roller coaster until the dictator. Oh, and at yeah. that point, it kind of brought me back down a little bit and not in a good way. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to give this movie a B for what it was. Uh, and you'll see when we go through rankings, it, yeah. it's not going to fare well. But for what I was, I'm going to give it a B. The acting, for the two of them, the acting was good. I can't really argue or, 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 or pick against it. Um, Steven? I actually pretty much agree with most of what Kevin said. So if I really didn't like this movie initially, I didn't like Peter Falk. He seemed creepy. Yeah. Like it, that whole scene, the dinner scene, it, and he just starts yelling at his son. Yeah. Like, oh. and that, like, 
That seemed weird. That seemed for the rest of the movie. That seemed that moment was completely out of character. Yeah, yeah it it I understand what they were. That, that was that was my only problem as far as the performances of the two leads went. Was that scene? Yeah, that was yeah. a weird scene. Um, and then I think once they left the country, went to wherever they went to some, yeah, South American dictatorship yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they it got better, and I started actually like you know I started enjoying it their relationship and kind of fumbling through and Peter Falk has that sort of a bumbling idiot who's always yeah. in control kind of feeling about right, it. Right, that's that's what Columbus, yeah. the Colombo, yeah, Columbo and all about. Yeah. yeah, he manages Columbus that really too. well. Yeah, Columbus <laughs> too. Uh, but then the well, dick, yeah, yeah, the dick. You're right. The dictator came in, right, and the whole hand thing just seemed like. Yeah. super weird and yeah. i didn't understand <laughs> why i was supposed to be it was, a, that it was kind of so funny but it it was funny in a way the guys, rest of the movie wasn't funny so yeah, you guys didn't know you guys didn't know that senor wences was a latin american dictator <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. i so that was so weird. weird and, and his uh, like his collecting of those paintings <laughs> yeah the paintings was kind of funny actually i got the yeah. painting i'm like okay he just doesn't understand art but you know whatever but the hand thing i don't know right. I don't, i'm not into the hand thing so <laughs> hand jokes hand jokes are not that funny yeah, exactly. you know uh, when someone draws a mustache on their hand and pretends to have it doesn't yeah, make it me laugh doesn't doesn't do it for me yeah. <laughs> but the the biggest thing in this, I know a movie. I'm a movie isn't going well for me when I keep thinking about okay, what am I going to say on the podcast? What am I going to say on the podcast? I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> like the whole movie, that's really what I was thinking about more than what was going on in the movie. Right. So talking points. That's I, what talking you're points. About. Basically, yeah, it's because yeah. I was kind of bored with yeah. the other than that one section. The opposite. Yeah. Because it's it's because it's not making me like bring up all these talking points. I just kind of sat back. And just laughed through most of it. Like it was just so ridiculous and over. The no, no, I'm saying it's because the movie wasn't engaging me enough. So then mm -hmm. I, because of that, I started thinking about, oh well, not, if it's not engaging me, then I have to try to think of stuff to latch onto, to talk about. And I just felt like a middling comedy that kind of was there and had some good moments, had some weird moments, and I'll never think about it again. So I get to see. All right, um, Patrick. I'm along the same lines, I think, of what's been said so far. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I didn't hate it at the beginning, but it definitely it had a slow start. Like, it took a bit to get into it. Where, But at that point, yeah, the the chemistry between the two of them I thought was pretty good. So, like, you know, it, not, it's not a buddy cop movie, but, you know, the, it has the a relationship. Feeling, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. The relationship between the two characters. That, yeah. It is kind of like, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I thought... So by the end, I mean, yeah, there were those, the dictator was a strange thing, but I could overlook that. I mean, at the end of it, I, I really enjoyed the movie. So um, I'm going to give it a B. Why would you want to overlook that dictator? He was amazing. No, but uh, like, you, like you said, it was out of place with the type of, of humor. You I would say they just was, left with the paintings. That would have been weird enough to where it's, you know, I think it was quirky, this, this but... thing where it's, um, so a, a, a comedy like this, it's, it's hard to do a um, climax with a comedy. Right to yeah. work up to something like, and that's sometimes a, a problem with with comedies is how do you actually come to a a big sort of moment? And I think what this movie actually does well is that it brings it to its to a moment where it's absolute absurdity, right? And Alan Arkin is trying to play the straight guy, and by the end when they're executing him, he's just broken down. He just realizes this is absolute, just pure craziness, you know. Mm -hmm. And that that whole execution scene, I actually think is 
hilarious. But they're, they're basically stalling with just these ridiculous things. Can we get a cigarette? You know, oh my gosh, can you blindfold us? And they keep going back and forth. Um, it was close to a Marx routine in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I, about the Marx Brothers yeah. a lot just because Alan Arkin could totally play Groucho Marx in a movie. Yeah. 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 And then ratcheting up with, with him talking on, on the hand, it was so – the movie hadn't had anything that outlandish yet. But with but by that time, I'd bought into these two characters and their reactions with Peter Falk, you know, being complacent and going along with it. And Alan Arkin trying as hard as he could. Um, I and it, I, I actually I loved it. I felt like you guys the beginning. That dinner scene is so strangely awkward. Um, but th- there is there's some smart stuff in here where like the mom and the daughter find the uh, the plates and then they actually take them to the bank. They don't like hide them, and the bank comes oh, after yeah. them. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff in the script that you know it's not all completely stupid. That I, I kind of enjoyed. I'm actually gonna um, I'm actually gonna end up giving this movie an, an A just because I wasn't expecting it to be this enjoyable. I I didn't sit down and I don't think there's anything revelatory about this. I just think it's a genuinely funny comedy. And I, I think those are actually pretty rare. I loved his whole serpentine bit where he yeah, kept that's running back. Serpentine, 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 serpentine Shelley, serpentine. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so I think my dad likes this movie because when I was a kid, I used to always like do that and start yelling serpentine, serpentine, and <laughs> make me run like that. And I had no idea what he was doing. And I, that happened in this movie. I'm like, oh, that's where that came That's from. why I said serpentine. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that other places too, though, and I wondered if this is where it yeah. comes from from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was taken. It was taken from uh, some football coach. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, that comedy bit was inspired by some football coach or football routine or something. I was I forget exactly what it was. So was uh, Tom, um, yeah, I this is a case of a mediocre comedy, but it's got two great leads mm-hmm. that elevate it above the material. I really enjoyed Peter Falk, except for the fact that his character is inconsistent because of that scene. Um, it set the wrong tone, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Peter Falk, like Steve, like you said, he plays that bumbling fool who's always in control really well um Mm -hmm. but i really enjoyed alan arkin as the straight man i think he gives a great performance in this movie i just don't think the material is that good yeah and anytime they're being shot at or their lives are in danger it didn't feel like there were any stakes because it's one of those things where they don't get shot because it's in the script that they don't get shot you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. so that's why the serpentine thing could have been funny if it was executed in a way where the characters were reacting to the situation and not to the bit, I, and I just I just found the Senor Wences thing out of place. It was just really weird. The young Ed Begley Jr. Young Ed <laughs> Begley Jr. who hadn't gotten quite past his lisp yet. Yeah, I mean it's it's enjoyable enough. This is actually a pretty highly regarded comedy if you read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think that I think that's all due to Arkin and Falk. Yeah, and they had good um, chemistry together too. Yeah, they the played off each other very well. Yeah, the writing's weak. The direction is at times appalling. There's some really weird moments in this movie where they did they do that the the fake zoom in right where they didn't actually zoom in, but like in post production or something, they were like, oh, we need to draw more attention to this, so we're going to do the that zoom in, and it's it just it makes uh, it look grainy and 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 weird and jarring. Mm-hmm. They do that like that happens like three times. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this movie a C. And it's 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 saved by the two lead performances. So comedy is not our favorite flavor. <laughs> There's plenty of 
well-directed, well-written, well-acted comedies. But if you only get one out of three right, then I feel like you should get a, a you know an A. <laughs> Is that how you grade your students? They get one part right, they get an A. <laughs> yeah, and they're still failing. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, your writing's terrible, but your acting's good. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, and did anybody else notice uh, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds at the wedding? No. No. I'm surprised Kevin didn't notice. Oh. <laughs> That's almost worth going back to. <laughs> <laughs> and why did they need to be like airlifted in at the end? Oh, yeah, that was just a cheesy ending. That's over money in the budget. They have extra money, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they get everything. They give everybody their millions. and Matching tuxedos. Mm -hmm. That was just a a comedy ending with a wedding, that's all. All I can think about is a helicopter landing at a wedding is a really bad idea. (laughs) You have all this stuff meticulously set up, and then you just bring this downdraft and I, mean, I can't and see also any... you're kind of literally stealing the bride's thunder yeah, yeah. that's what i thought yeah. I, that's kind of a douchey move they're kind yeah. of making the wedding about them yeah, yeah. but as she's <laughs> holding that envelope of a million dollars yeah i don't true. think she gives a shit yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um so with an a a two b's and two c's the in-laws gets a b minus which is a david bowie homer simpson i'm gonna hand over the podcast to Tom, who's now going to rank the in-laws on Flickchart. Flickchart is a wonderful web-based application that you can use to rank your movies. As previously discussed. Nice. <sighs> but I feel like I said it nicer this time. And once again, it is a website you can use, not just... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's important that they understand that. <laughs> so you can't use. Yeah. Not only can you go to it. You, you can, can use, use it. it but you can use it. You ever it. been to those that you've gone to and you can't use? Boy, yeah. are those frustrating. I did today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Adding the in-laws to our flip chart. First film that comes up against is Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle? Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. Howl's. Unanimous again. The in-laws versus the 13th floor. In-laws. Oh, hang on. Uh, hey, maybe in-laws will become our litmus test. It'd be a good litmus test. You know, yeah, I'm going to go no. the in-laws as well. The 13th floor did not hold up on a second viewing. Yeah, I that's what I was just about to say. It didn't hold up well. Yeah, I'll go in-laws. And like, I feel like with the in-laws, I at least have two memorable comedy performances. Yeah. yeah. And the 13th floor just has like an idea. A cool idea, but it was done yeah. better in The Matrix. 13th floor. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Storyline was, the, the, the movie sucked, but the storyline was cool. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> but, you know, and, and but the movie yes. sucked. So. <laughs> yeah, the movie sucked, but I, it, I'm more into that sci-fi kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, that's just more Nerd. personal. Um, Patrick, which way did you go? <laughs> I went uh, the movie we watched. Did you forget <laughs> The In-Laws? Yes. We watched you all the movies. Both of them? <laughs> so, hey, Patrick's hey. really stoned right now. So, yeah. <laughs> so, What's funny now. is he, he seems like he is. <laughs> no, let's... Uh, put the bottle down, man. Just uh, put the bottle right, down. Sure. Just keep taking another sip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that that in-laws that came out recently was a remake of this. Oh, really? Yeah. That Michael Douglas, uh, yeah. Albert Brooks. Oh, I didn't know that either. I didn't see it either, but yeah. I didn't, didn't know. Uh, so the in-laws wins over the 13th floor. Uh, the in-laws versus hands on a hard body. Ooh, yeah. In-laws. Go ahead, Nate. Say the title. The in-laws. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I did not see. Hands on I'm, a hard I'm going body. Hands, 
I'm going hands in a hard body. I agree. Uh, I love that movie. I've seen it three times now. You said uh, it's two to one. I went in laws. Oh, I thought I heard two. Oh. I said hands on a hard body. You said hands on a hard said, body. I said in laws. Yeah. Yeah. So we're stuck. and I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, somebody else's turn to budge. No. Hands on a hard body is once you know the outcome, it's kind of boring. I agree. But I'm kind. Of, but I feel I'm also kind of like, laws too. I'm kind of like that with a lot of documentaries. This is just not a genre that I care. I, I, if I really like them when I come out of it, it's a fantastic film. But a lot of times it has to be a really, really good documentary for me. To, and I didn't. I think a documentary for me, like cinematically, has to. There ha- it has to be something about something more than the subject matter. Yeah. I, okay. More than more than the obvious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you come out and you're like, yeah, that was a well-made documentary about that subject, but it didn't really do or say anything beyond that. Like I feel like Hands on a Hard Body does. It, it does end up being something more than you think it's going to be. Anyway, if no one's budging, then... Yeah, I'm not going to budge. No budging. Then The In-Laws is going to be stuck at number 345 on our flick chart. It's uh, a couple spots above An American Tale, and it's three spots below another documentary that I think we all feel didn't really do a good job, which is Bully. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're talking about The Blob next. That's my pick. All right, now we're going to talk about my pick for this month. Uh, Kevin's theme was movies that came out when you were six. I was six in 1988, so I was trying to find something that I felt was obscure, overlooked enough, and uh, it came down to the Blob remake written by uh, Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont and directed by Chuck Russell. 80s updating of the 1958 Blob starring Matt Dillon's younger brother and the chick from Becker. (laughs) <laughs> I had seen bits and pieces of this movie on like HBO back in the day and it it terrified me. This movie features some pretty gory effects. Oh yeah, the eventually, effects eventually I rented it and I watched crazy. it and I actually really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm I I guess Steve, I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. Let's start with uh who had seen this before? I had I had seen it. I'm pretty sure I'd seen it. Let's start with uh Steve. Uh, so I had seen this before and um I remember enjoying it. Especially since it's based on a, you know, what, 50s, 60s B-movie? Yeah, 1958. 58, okay. I, I thought it was pretty decent. Rewatching it, this movie's appallingly bad. Uh, I, the acting is horrible. The writing is horrible. The effects are okay. Actually, I agree with you on that. The effects are okay, and there are some genuinely scary scenes, or at least gory scenes. But no character in this is anybody I want to spend any time with. You don't have to like somebody in every movie. You don't have to like them, but you want to be have to. You have to be willing to be around them, right? There are plenty of people that I'm willing to be around that I don't like. I don't have to live with these people. They just have. You have to live with them for about two hours. Dance like a monkey for two hours and entertain (laughs) me. And they didn't. That's the problem. Is they didn't entertain me. This is just a bad movie. That's all. I mean, it hits every cliche every you know ridiculous you know you know it's one of those things this is that kind of movie at the beginning he tries to make that jump and he chickens out you're like oh later in the movie he's gonna run away and he's gonna make that jump (laughs) you know that's exactly every step is predictable and and a life just glimmer off his mullet yeah exactly it's just (laughs) it's a really okay paint by numbers you saw it coming that the uh, the guy that was setting up to be the the straight man hero was killed off. The, uh, the, the boyfriend, oh. the good guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. You don't see that coming. He was sitting in that office. I thought he was going to get out of there, but nope. You figured all three of them would make it. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, no. Unpredictable. Especially since that's basically they're playing yeah. off the whole idea of the 50s horror movie where that would be the hero of the movie. Yeah. I didn't, I, maybe because I saw it, so I knew that was coming, and I just, it didn't really, I didn't really think about it. I agree that there are a lot of cliches, but there are also a lot of cliches that this movie kind of turns on its head. I just noticed the cliches and the really, really bad acting. So this gets a D. I, I was looking forward to it, and it just it disappointed me. Okay, so when you was it a text so or email? I forget. But where you said that you're watching the Blob, it's delightful. That was sarcastic. That was very sarcastic. Yes. Okay, let's go to Patrick. This you're coming into this uh, never having seen it before. Yep. Yeah. No, I'd never seen it. I liked it. I was vacillating again between C and B on this one. I'm probably gonna go see. There's nothing particularly remarkable about it that made like that. I think it was wow, like a, a great or it was cliche. But by the same token, I, I don't know. I didn't mind that. It seemed like it it had a decent amount of suspense, had a decent amount of. It's funny watching the the special effects like now, you know, from, yeah. from the standpoint now, like to watch that and think. I mean, I'm sure that was fine at the time. Oh, I remember like, it being when, really when they run cool. down the hall and there's the and it's, it's on the ceiling and I don't know. It's just so. Probably because even the, whole, the theme of all of these movies was when you were six. Like there is a nostalgia factor for a lot of these movies that just mm-hmm. I think are bumping them up a little bit for me because well, it just, it's maybe kind I of that. Clarify, I didn't watch this movie when I was six. Right, but there's something about just an older film six. that had yeah. yeah, you know, had, you you can appreciate and you sort like I didn't see this movie, but I remember other movies from the eighties that I've seen that are cheesy and not necessarily good but i have a good i have fond memories of them you know yeah. i feel like this the fit critters same, right yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it critters it's yeah. it, this fit that same mold i think of that kind of it had that you can look at it objectively and go yeah you know it really wasn't necessarily the greatest movie, yeah but i kind of have an appreciation for it yeah no I, yeah i was I, there were enough surprises like like i said the, having the guy the, the main guy I thought was going to be the hero just get killed off right then. And the amount of people who died, like, I guess I wasn't expecting everybody to really like every time, like, Oh, that kid will, Nope. Nope. He didn't escape. <laughs> so that guy's going to, Nope. Nope. They, oh, they ate the whole movie theater. Okay. You know, I mean, like yeah. there was enough, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into a B on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I'm going to go B. I'm, I'm glad I let you just go on. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, let's go to Kevin. I remember, as I started watching this, I remembered seeing bits and pieces of it, but it, it wasn't a solid memory where I can say, okay, yeah, I remember when I saw this and I, I either really liked it or didn't like it or this or that. Um, I can't stand Kevin Dillon. Yeah. he from, And that's a, I think it's a more personal thing. I have never seen him in anything that I've enjoyed. There can only be one Kevin. No. <laughs> I don't like anyone else named Kevin. Uh, <laughs> and it's not even, I'm not going to, oh, start out Kevin Spacey. There's no Matt Dillon. It has nothing to do with his brother. He's Kevin just a horrible, horrible actor. Yeah. And it offends yeah. me that he is still employed. <laughs> Some of you have heard the cliche, you have to, to fuck up to move up yeah. in, in business. Th- that's what he's doing in acting. And I just, <laughs> it bugs the shit out of me. So, Kevin Dillon aside, I enjoyed the movie, uh, despite him being there. I, Shawnee Smith was one of those actresses that, as I was a teen growing up, she was that, you know, cute girl next door kind of thing. And, and like, uh, Elizabeth Shue kind of had yeah. That, yeah. that. I grew up in Long Island, and that kind of big feathered hair thing with the baggy <laughs> soft sweater, that was the thing. So th- this was very relatable for me. I thought the special effects, not all of them, some of them were really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the others were, maybe they ran out of budget or they tried <laughs> to do a little more than they could. I don't know. 
So I'm going to give this movie a B. Uh, there were some really fun and cool parts to it. It wasn't great. There was Kevin Dillon. But yeah, it was enjoyable. You want to hear something funny? There's another movie that I was thinking about picking from 1988. And this one actually was one that I remember from my childhood, like enjoying as a child. And that was The Rescue, which is about a bunch of kids who basically put together a plan to go save their POW fathers in Vietnam, which is probably really stupid. But I remember enjoying it. That movie also stars Kevin Dillon. So either oh. way, you're going to get a Kevin Dillon movie. Oh, yes. So are you just a closet Kevin Dillon fan? <laughs> no, I think I think nineteen eighty eight was just the year of Kevin Dillon. As I say, yeah, Kevin yeah. Dillon starred in every movie in nineteen eighty eight. I may have still seen around. that. He still shows up in crap and I'm always like he he is a that guy at this point where you're like, Oh, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I thought we were done with you. <laughs> All right, Nate, how do you feel about the blob? Um it's got I mean, you you guys have already mentioned the Kevin Dillon effect, which is a problem. He has an incredibly poor substitute for steve mcqueen yeah. i mean like well he's seriously. not supposed to be i mean i guess he is in a way but but he's like the lead and i, I know i know he's not the jock character but he right. he ends up becoming the lead yeah. i like that they kill the sheriff off i like that they kill the jock cliche off uh some of these special effects are stunning yeah. i i love physical effects and it is really cool it's really gross but there's some there's some bizarre these stupid sort of still cliched horror scenes there's the scene in the car which just takes way too long, the like date rape scene. Um, yeah. Oh, no. And then when he sits there and he's like, and then this, this is apparently the like the blob that waits until perfect like horror timing, like until he's unbuttoned <laughs> yeah. what two or three buttons, and I'm just yeah. sitting here like, what the hell is going on? Maybe the blob is a sense of humor. Maybe the blob <laughs> yeah. is a sense of humor, but like the the other scene that you know, there's some simple cliches like um, Meg's. Meg's inability to crawl through a grate that she can clearly fit through. And so she instead drops back into the blob infested water. And all of a sudden it's you know, and I mean, that that's a horror cliche. Um, the one that really annoyed me actually was at the end when I thought it, it had some interesting surprises and she comes out and she's going to blow up this ice machine truck. And then she trips and gets stuck right. in like her boots. And oh, Kevin yeah. Dillon's character has to come and save her. Yeah. Oh my god! At that point, I was I was openly rolling my eyes at that point because I was like, "All you have to do is just not write that scene in." I was actually mad at Frank Darabont. I was like, "Come on, just don't write that in." She can blow it up. No one's gonna care. Like, why does she have to be pathetic? And Kevin Dillon's character brought it. He had done a part to save it, and then she blows it up. It would have been so cool. And instead, we spend a minute and a half watching her her inability to do like a sit up and or and untie her shoe <laughs> you know i um, think you're you're overestimating the core strength of these actors <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the 80s fitness hasn't really taken off yet yeah. jane fonda's workout i hadn't reached the masses quite yet yeah. you know and i mean a, a lot of that is is horror cliche dumb stuff but it's yeah. also like you, you you can't have it both ways you can't expect to do these smart things i mean not knock you for the consistent dumb decisions you're making um so I, I actually end up giving it a c because the special the physical special effects are so impressive yeah really the reason better. that i the reason that i like this movie and return to it and it's the same reason for a lot of other horror movies of the 80s is that was the era of the practical effects um right yeah the thing and, is the big one that i always remember yeah right. and and basically in the wake of terminator 2 and jurassic park everybody was trying to right. do this stuff with cheap cgi I, I want to return to this kind of practical effect filmmaking. In my memory, this was kind of an A film. And the reason that my rewatch brought it down to a B 
I'll go into it in just a second. Had anybody seen the original from 58? I did. Yeah, I had. No. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I saw it when I was young, and it scared the shit out of me. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think I that saw movie it when I was actually, a teenager. That movie actually holds up pretty well in terms of story and acting and special effects. It, it's pretty solid. This being a remake, like a lot of the movies from the 50s, you know, um, the sci-fi movies, there's there's a lot of subtext, and they're usually either about, like, nuclear, like the threat of nuclear war or, you know, the effect of nuclear fallout or communism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, like, McCarthyism. And I think the difference between, like, a good remake, like, I consider this a good remake of the original, uh, but the difference between, like, a good remake and a great remake, like, the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a great remake because it's a very, like, it's a, it brings that 56 par- paranoia into like the 1970s post Watergate paranoia without beating you right, over the it head takes, with it. It takes the theme and yeah. finds a way that the theme relates to the modern situation. Right. And but it's still it subtext. Like good yeah. science fiction, there's subtext, right? The thing that really annoyed me watching this one is it did what every single 80s thriller had to do, which is beat you over the head with, you know, how the Russians are the enemy and. You know, it's all it's all about Cold War, and there's a lot of stuff with the government paranoia, but it's, there's no subtext to it. It's just beating you over the head with it, right? And, and that was actually the thing that brought it down to a B for me, is because it couldn't just be a straightforward horror movie. Like, it had to have this, and I will use the word cliche, it had this cliche, you know, 80s, U.S. government has secrets, and yeah. the Russians are the enemy stuff. It lacked the subtlety of, you know, what the blob of the 50s or the invasion of the body snatchers from 56 or 78 did. Right. Um, and it, it just, I actually, I think I, I might actually have rolled my eyes when I realized that that's what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's still a B level movie. I, I think the special effects are awesome. I think they put to shame a lot of the special effects they see in horror movies these days. So, and I also agree that Kevin Dillon's not a, not a great lead for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> No, but this was, I mean, this was still a B movie in the 80s. Not yeah. a B letter grade, but a B movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. this was a B, a B horror movie back then. Yeah, so you're going to get a B movie cast. Right, but yeah. the fact that they were able to do that and have these special effects that still hold up, for the most part, for me, is really impressive. So what's that? Did I get everybody? I yeah. I did. What did you end up giving it, Tom? I gave it a B. All right, here we go. With three Bs, a C and a D... That gives The Blob from 1988 a C, or a little zombie emoji. This director really went on to do some pretty not good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was looking at everything he made. I can't say he's ever made a good movie. Although I really do want to see Nightmare on Elm Street 3, because that, that one's also pretty lauded for its special effects. All right, so we're going to add The Blob to our flick chart, see if Miyazaki's still in the middle of our list. Nope. Yay! First matchup is the Blob versus Metropolis from 1927. <laughs> uh, Metropolis. Metropolis, please. Blob. I didn't see it. Metropolis. Yeah. Blob moves down the chart. Blob versus Bottle Rocket. Is it just me? Do we talk about Bottle Rocket every time? Yeah, every it really yeah. seems like uh, it. Yeah. Every podcast. Holy yeah. crap! I feel yeah. like it's all Blob. I'm going the Blob. <laughs> I should really rewatch it, Nate, just so you can be informed. I say I should watch Bottle Rocket at some point. Yeah, I would go Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. All right. So the Blob wins. The Blob versus Impostor. Blob. <laughs> blob. The blob. Uh, there's redeeming stuff in the Blob. 
don't know. I have a nostalgia thing for Impostor. Why? How? Because I saw it when it first came out, and I thought it was really cool. Rewatching it, I realized it wasn't. So you... But I still have that like <laughs> that initial <laughs> feeling attached to it. The ending was very surprising to me. Yeah. The ending is the only thing that I remember about it. So Anybody going Impostor? I am. I went Blob. Nate, you went Blob? Yes. I went Blob. I haven't seen blob. it. Okay. All right, the Blob wins. The Blob versus Cruz Diaz. Cruz <laughs> Diaz. <laughs> also known as Night and Day. Or Night and Day. Yeah, I'm going Night We haven't talked about this one in a long time. No, we haven't. Do we need to? No, not really. I'm going The Blob. Because really, after the first 20 minutes, this is a bad movie. Yeah, but there are some really cool stunt sequences in the first 20 minutes. That was one thing I didn't mention about The In-Laws. That had a couple of really good stunts in that movie. Yeah, when Alan Arkin jumped on that car, I think he actually jumped on that car. It looked like yeah. him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when they showed it, it looked like it was actually him. But yeah. the thing I appreciated was it was one shot. You yeah. saw a guy. You actually saw a guy run and jump on top of a moving car. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Without without a cut. Without a cut. Which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really get that anymore at all now. That might have been the best jumping on top of a car stunt I've ever seen, which is saying something for, <laughs> you know, it's this comedy from 1979. I guess I'll go the blob. My biggest problem with Night and Day is that he doesn't end up being crazy in the end. Is that they switch it. Yeah. And, like, it would have been so much better if he was just an insane person. And they yeah. actually try to turn it into, like, this thriller. Like, it yeah. was it was legitimately kind of, like, weird and funny seeing him do all these crazy things. And Tom Cruise, unhinged, can actually be a very good thing. Oh, yeah. He's great at that. Because it's just normal. Yeah. He's just being himself. He doesn't have to dig deep. He's not actually a good actor. (laughs) I disagree with that. I think he's a good actor. He's 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 just himself. He's limited, but I think he's a good actor. Okay. I think The Blob wins. The Blob versus another 80s movie that I chose, Short Circuit. Oh, oh short, circuit. short circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, short circuit. So you guys are choosing an offensive yeah. movie over the blob. Yes. Only recently realized it was offensive. Yeah, but I, <laughs> this is this is when nostalgia makes me forget the offensiveness. Exactly. Like in the yeah. podcast we talk about like, it. Yeah. It's I didn't know it was offensive when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know Scavenger Hunt was offensive when yeah. I watched or under the rainbow. Yeah. Well yeah. That's a, they weren't racist let's, back then. <laughs> let's look at this differently. Let's 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 go Kevin Dillon as a leading man versus Steve Gutenberg as a leading man. Oh, Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. yeah. Steve Gutenberg, Steve I would actually argue, is a decent actor. It's just he's he's out of his time. It's not the eighties anymore. Yeah, I'll go short circuit. I feel like the blob is overall a better movie, but I have a lot more nostalgia attached to short circuit. Yeah, I don't think short short circuit. I don't short have any major problems. With it, but but this is again. This Nate, is you know Ali Sheedy's in it, right? Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> no, she's not. She's really not. She's yeah, horrible. I know this. I know this, <laughs> and I'm sure that, that if we went back and listened to the podcast, I would say, "Oh my gosh, she's so terrible." I will never say this again. And I could have chosen Short Circuit Two for this, but oh, you know. should have. I love Short Circuit Two. It's horrible, but I love it. Anyway, Short Circuit wins. The Blob versus Kinzaza. <laughs> The blob. Kinzaza. I don't Kinzaza. know. Like that. I was talking to somebody about that movie the other day. Yeah, just I mean and I'm watching some weird shit. Yeah, that came up. I think our but I really think our our dislike of it is purely cultural. That is oh, such may, a possibly, yeah. Yeah, that is such a fantastically unique, fascinating yeah. film. And it's strange because America is known for accepting other cultures so much. Yeah. <laughs> we are. So Nate and I are going Kinzaza. Blob. 
Steve and Kevin are going the blob. Yeah, right. blob. I don't think any of us are going to budge on this. No. Right. <laughs> all right. Not at all. That sticks the blob at number 428. And uh, Nate, just wanted to let you know the blob is ooh, seven spots above the trial. So. <laughs> What is that knife, Nate? Let me let me twist it a little bit. <laughs> Not a bad movie. That is such an important film. It's so good. <laughs> so we good. are gonna come back and talk about Jim Jarmusch's Stranger Than Paradise from 1984. My pick for the month was Stranger Than Paradise. Unlike I think everybody else, I went with a movie that. I'd never seen or really heard of before. Uh, I kind of half knew this was in the Jarmusch repertoire, but I just kind of looked at what came out when I was six and I saw this and I thought, oh, great, an opportunity to finally watch it. So we've done two other Jim Jarmusch movies on the podcast. Let's see, what do we do? Down by Law and Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, Only Lovers Left Alive and Down by Law. And I think those went over actually pretty well. But this is kind of his first real, I would say his first real movie. He has one before this, but this is the one that kind of gave him a name. And it's essentially this self-centered New York burnout. Has a cousin from Hungary, right? Mm -hmm. Hungary come and visit and stays with him for a little while. And then uh, she moves away to Ohio. Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. And then he goes and visits her. And they then leave Cleveland together and go with a buddy of his and go to Florida and kind of hang out. And yeah, that's about the entire movie. So we'll try to start top down. Try to. So I think my best odds for this are Nate. Because he likes Mm -hmm. movies where people just stare at each other. That may have been a mistake. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Are you sure? All right, so Jarmouche can be hit and miss with me. I like Down by Law. I like parts of Coffee and Cigarettes. I like Dead Man. I didn't care for Night on Earth. I like Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. I did not like The Limits of Control. I liked Only Lovers Left Alive. You know, so it's, it literally feels like bouncing back and forth. Um, a lot of Jim Jarmouche is he's trying to, he does really interesting stuff actually with genre. Because yeah. he's not afraid to make a samurai movie. He's not afraid to make a Western. But at the end of the day, he's exploring the connections we make as humans. And he's doing it in a very unconventional way. He doesn't make films the way that they typically would be. Yeah, he'll still include an action scene, which is what makes Ghost Dog so fascinating. It's what makes Only Lovers Left Alive with his vampire mythology so interesting. And then he'll do things like Coffee and Cigarettes, which are just discussions between people at tables. But then you get to something like this, and I feel like Stranger Than Paradise was like practice for Down by Law. Yeah. Because it, because it doesn't have that interesting sort of prison escape genre film. I think it actually was three separate short films put together. And I, part of me just kind of wishes it had been like one. Um, well, it was originally. I think the first act was a short film that they had made okay. uh, yeah. previously in like 82 or something like that. And then that success was what was able to propel them to turn it into like a feature. feature. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it works as a feature. I think it, it drags in parts, which can happen 
with Jim Jarmusch's work, and I was kind of ready for that, but it lost my interest after the first half hour, and I didn't care that much about the mini. I wanted to see these characters spend time getting to know each other, so I, I, I got bored with it, which is the same way it seems to happen yeah. with Limits of Control, and that can happen with Jim Jarmusch if, you, if he doesn't pull you into his characters, right? Like, imagine watching Only Lovers Left Alive if you don't care about those two vampires. Yeah. Like, You'd, you'd want to run away. And so as soon as you don't care, as soon as he doesn't hook you, you're done. And so that's how I felt with this. So, I mean, I'm going to end up giving it... I feel like I want to be generous and give it a C out of generosity to just his <laughs> other work. But if I'm being honest, it's a D. Wow. I didn't care. Ah, okay. Like, I really, I really didn't care. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Patrick. The main thing I disagree with Nate's assessment was that he said it dragged in parts. <laughs> I do not believe there were parts unless you consider an hour and a half movie to be parts. Um, this, this was a chore to watch. This was absolute. I did the same thing as I did after Songs for the Second Floor. After, after watching it, I looked up reviews online to read, like, why did this thing get, like, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes? Because I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, clearly he's trying to make a statement, and people who appreciate the statement of the, I guess, the monotony of life, about how everything looks the same everywhere they go, okay, you made a mm -hmm. statement, but the, it's it's a horrible movie. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it's, it just, it, it's just painful to watch. Um, I didn't care about any of these people. There was nothing that they did that made me care. The fact that they did nothing made me hate them more. I, I, nothing happened. There was a bunch of people sitting around looking at each other the whole freaking time. So I guess if at the end of it, if that's an artistic statement, fine. But it's a shitty movie. So it's an <laughs> F. I mean, like... I, did I hear okay. an F? Yeah, yeah. The movie that oh, changed yeah. the face of independent film. But that Absolutely. doesn't necessarily make this a good movie, right? And so that's I, I could look at a shitty piece of art and and find something that I like in it and have it inspire me. And that, that doesn't make good that art any better, right? So no, yeah, if that art inspires you, that does because that's the whole no. point of art is to inspire that the made, viewer. That's like how what that Salieri did with Mozart, guys. You know, then that's why Salieri killed him. Yeah. But he didn't. That was a stupid thing made up by a stupid movie. I could, I could just feel Tom getting mad, and I wanted to make him mad. <laughs> yeah, you're just trolling now. <laughs> That's completely what that was. Just openly, openly admitting that I was just trolling. That's all that, that was. There's was no connection to the movie. <laughs> just, I was just, I'm going to start naming other things that make Tom mad. I was, you know, I mean, this movie is as good as Citizen Kane. You know, I'll see what else I can do. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, Kevin. All right. A couple of years ago, I, I I started to get into the rhythm of falling asleep during movies because you guys were making me watch just the weirdest shit out there. It took me it took me three tries to get through this movie, and even that, I I I know there's probably a good half hour of this that I missed, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I missed anything. Even, <laughs> it's I a retro Kevin review. Yeah. Uh, I I really couldn't find for me anything of value anything of enjoyment in this movie the acting was not good the cinematography 
was weak. I can understand oh, I the intention. No, no, no. I can understand the intention of it, mm-hmm. and, and the the deliberate shots, and and, and or at least I think I can. Uh, okay, so this was his one of this was his first full length feature it's movie. It's his second film. It's his his first second. film was yeah. his was his film school thesis. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is the is first, first film he like, made after real. graduating from film school. Yeah. And, and it, it maybe if he had a little bit more money to put into it, I don't know. It just it felt like. It felt like a thesis movie mm-hmm. yeah. where he's trying to prove an artistic point and he didn't care about the acting and he cared almost less about the dialogue. And, and it was really hard to slog through. So the third time I turned it back on, I was like, okay, I think this is where I left off. And then I watched it for about 15 minutes and then I'm gone, ah, I don't have this much time. Four to 20 minutes gone, oh, I felt like I missed much. I shouldn't be able to do that in a movie. Yeah. And so what I've come to appreciate in, in the potential of this kind of movie I felt like I was let down even more. Did um, you like Down by Law? I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not turned off to him yet, but it's it's getting tough. Uh, Richie Edson, I think is his name. Richard Edson. Yeah. Richard Edson. When I saw him in this, I kind of sparked up. I'm like, okay, I've seen him be that guy in a whole bunch of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was reading some stuff about it. This is his first full feature performance. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And Jim uh, Jim Jarmusch pulled him uh, off a punk rock band. That makes uh, sense. He's, he's Sonic, dr- Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth, yeah. yeah, yeah punk rock drummer. drummer. Sonic Youth. I had more fun watching his idiosyncrasies and occasional camera slips yeah. than anything else in the movie. I got to give this an F. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't find anything redeeming about it. I, re- I wanted to oh, so Is bad. Is this going to be a Monsters podcast? Like where we got Fs on one side and As on the other? Wait, uh, what, maybe. Pa- what did Patrick Patrick give us an F? Oh, oh Patrick yeah. gave us an F. Yeah, yeah and I gave us a D. This is insane. Yeah. No, this isn't a good movie. Oh, it wasn't oh, yeah. an easy F. It's, exact- it's not an F movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have respect for Jim Jarmusch, yeah. And I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any I mean, of his other stuff. Find so. his craft. I don't know. Yeah. And it's a, it's his early work. If it's not his first, it's his early work. So you can't expect. Oh, yeah you know it's great thing. so this is a this is definitely i watching this i thought a lot of bottle rocket where you can see the director where they're heading right. in their career but they they're still a little raw in it and they're still trying to figure it out and still working with finding their voice so right. to speak and uh see it, it reminded me a lot of bottle rocket so the, i'm Definitely giving him an F because I don't do the participation medal thing. Yeah. <laughs> good job, good try. Well, no, yeah, I mean, me- yeah. anyways, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm holding back. So hopefully, why it's on- your turn? Th- no, it's Tom's yeah. turn. Yeah. We're on the upswing now, Tom. <laughs> um, look, I didn't expect there to be a general consensus of like an outpouring of love for this movie, but yeah, you guys are insane. I agree. I hated it. <laughs> I. I- I want to give it an A just because your knuckleheads are feeling like this. I'm actually, I was, so I was coming into this in it with a B, but like you guys are making me want to give it an A. Now, Jim Jarmusch, those three actors and the two of you all owe me an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what's so great about this? I I feel like this is, and I I like movies where people stare at each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And like, this was some really lame staring. Yeah. Like and J- Jarmusch does use like unprofessional actors, and that's like a thing well, that that's fine. He does, and he's he's kind of always been about making things raw, like being okay, leaving your mistakes yeah. in there. Um, I just think 
the story is not here. There's not like there's it's I think the story I, is a little too subtle. I don't think it's not there. It's just a little too subtle. Anyways, I want to hear Tom. Gosh, but this is this is the man who most of his right. stories are subtle. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Shh. It's time for the adults to speak. <laughs> um, Damn. I guess I'll start with responding in order. Uh, I actually Nate said that where you lost interest after a half hour. Yeah. It took it took me a little while to get into this movie, but mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting that, especially, you know, being a John Mush movie, especially after Down by Law. Like Down by Law in the beginning was was kind of rough getting into it for me. So when it started out slow and you know John Lurie was, you know, being an asshole and, and I was bored, I was like, all right, just give it time. Um and I actually I liked this the second the middle segment, the Cleveland segment the most yeah. out of this movie. I don't know. It, there was more character dynamics happening. Um, I really enjoyed Richard Edson, um, just like his interactions with the the aunt, and like I, I don't know. The Cleveland section just had a lot. I, I actually found a lot of this movie really humorous. Um, How is this just movie like a comedy? What was funny about the aunt? Yeah. The basically the it's, aunt and the interactions with her, I thought was funny too. Mildly it's very amusing. subtle. I'm not going to say like it's you know it, it's a riot or anything, but it, yeah. there's there's a lot of very subtle character-driven comedy happening in this movie. And a lot of it does come from Richard Edson and the ant. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff with the card game and the stuff with the ant, like, standing outside, like, muttering at them in Hungarian while they're driving away. Mm-hmm. And then she turns around and she's like, you son of a bitch. And <laughs> I, I, that was hilarious. This reminded me of... Uh, I guess. What is it, no. Arkansas? Was that it? No. Nebraska. 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 Some Nebraska. middle state nobody yeah. cares about. Yeah. Black and white, awkward... <laughs> Five-minute shots of just awkwardness. Family gatherings. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stand that stuff. Why would I want to watch it on the screen? Yeah. And the humor is the same in that. The humor is the same. Um, where it is, it's very subtle. And I can see the attempts at humor here with Jarmouche. But the problem is that I do feel like Nebraska, I can follow this father and son and this father who's slowly struggling with regaining his place in the world. And at least there's a story here. It's just, it, it does, it feels too... Because these vignettes are broken up so much, there's a lot of stuff so of, incoherent. Uh, of um, and again, it is very subtle. But there's a lot of stuff of her being uh, from a Central European country and coming mm-hmm. to live in the U.S. That's and her expectations of that. Her expectations, her first arrival, the way she's different when they meet her in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, she's starting to use Americanisms, and and then there's the whole thing at the end about her you know, looking for a flight to anywhere, and the only one available is one back to Budapest. Yeah. You know, it's like, do I really want to go back to that? Um, and then she doesn't, and they all end up being in, like, three different places, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. I guess I responded to Patrick's thing about songs from the second floor. That one, I don't really understand the critical love for that. This one, I do. And it's it's very contextual. It's very, like, 1984 contextual, mm-hmm. just because of the state of film in the 80s. I mean, New Hollywood was over there wasn't much of an independent presence in mainstream film. And I think what Jarmusch did with this movie was bring it back a little bit. And it didn't really catch on until the mid nineties, but this was at least the start of it, you know, the start of some kind of mainstream respect for independent filmmaking. And um, I don't think like the acting's great. I, I, like I said, I enjoyed Richard Edson. John Lurie's okay. The girl's okay. I find her character more interesting than her performance. I mean, if if I'm being totally honest, I'm going to give this movie a B because there was a lot of it that I kind of had to work to enjoy. But, yeah, I'm going to give it a B. Okay. So, Nate, have you seen 
Broken Flowers? No, I haven't. Okay, so that was my first Jarmusch movie. And it basically, it I haven't seen Ghost Dog. I want to see that, but and I don't know if that does it. But he does something in his movies where it always takes me 30 to 45 minutes to get into the movie. I'm always like kind of slow slog yeah. at first. And it's because he's he is, he's very subtle in the way he does things. And you have to really kind of read between the lines and be patient to get what he's trying to tell you. And this movie was the same thing in Broken Flowers. That movie, it's the lat, literally the last 15 seconds of the movie that informs everything else and makes you realize what was really going on. And I th- actually think he kind of does that in most of his movies. And in this, this, it's the same thing here. He doesn't quite kind of have the, the skill to pull it off as much here, but he's still doing the exact same thing. You have these 20-somethings, I mean, what eventually became the theme of the 90s, these 20-somethings that are aimless and don't really know what to do with their life. They didn't go to college. They're just kind of like hanging out and, well, what do we do now? I guess we'll go to Cleveland. You know, I mean, that aimlessness, that sort of existential angst and it is that idea of no matter where you go, it all ends up being kind of the same. I mean, the whole point of is let's go somewhere else and change our life, right? Everything in the movie is about that. She comes to America to change her life and nothing changes. They go to Cleveland to change their life and nothing changes. They all go to Miami to change their life. Nothing changes. And the only thing that ends up changing their life is basically a mistake, an accident, where he mm-hmm. tries to stop her from going on the plane. All of a sudden, he's going to Hungary. She tries to go get out of here, and now she's rich in Florida, right? She happened to get a bunch mm-hmm. of money on accident. That was the one scene, actually, that I didn't like. I liked that scene because it did I downright that, did not like it because it was so it was so overly coincidental. It, yeah, I agree. That, and that's where the, like, he's learning his craft. But yeah. it, it informs everything else that came before in the movie. See, that was the that, only scene I liked where Prince showed up. <laughs> yes. Uh, All right. That, I mean, the, the whole point of the movie is you cannot change. I mean, this is kind of bleak, but you cannot change your life. Just circumstance changes your life. And he does that much better in Down by Law. I agree with you, Nate, that this kind of feels like a practice by Down for Down by Law because he uses the same cuts in Down by Law. He uses the same framing, but he does it much better there. And he has better actors. So I, I, I actually, actually like this quite a bit. I, it's not an A movie. But I think there's a lot here, and I've yet to watch a Jim Jarmusch movie that I haven't had to watch at least twice because the ending kind of tells you, oh, that's what that was all about. That's not yeah. for everybody. I do that with a lot of movies where I get need to watch it again with this second, with the, this knowledge of what's actually going on. I had to watch The American 12 times to figure out. I find that as a fault, though. If, if you can't yeah. get that message across the first time, you didn't get you didn't do your job i disagree sometimes it's intentional you're not going to get this the first time you're going to have to put some effort into it that again that's not for everybody and you can and if somebody says no i'm not willing to do that that's okay i was talking to a student about primer the other day that's not a movie you can watch once and understand what's going on but it's a movie that every time you watch it you get more and more and it's rewarding you get more out of it it's not just a one shot kind Uh... of this is what but it I, is. I, I will say that Enjoy some of the examples on. you're pointing out, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, and I, yeah. I, I like movies that you have to invest in. Some of the movies you're pointing out with Primer and The American, they have 
these hooks. They have these things, these hints, these uh, with primer, it's a concept, yeah. right? Something that drives me, that makes me, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I realize it takes effort. It's fascinating. The American is this blistering character study, right? The first mm-hmm. five minutes. I don't want to give anything away because I don't think Patrick's seen it, but those first five minutes with what George Clooney's character does, yeah, you know, create unending tension throughout the film. Yep. And so with this film, the issue is, yeah, it requires a lot of effort on my part. And maybe if I went back and studied it, sure. The problem is that there is still a responsibility with that director and that writer for them to give me that reason to put mm-hmm. the effort in. And I don't think this film does that. I think it, I think it could be studied. Sure, but the only reason I'm saying that is because I know Jim Jarmusch has proven his talent. But I don't think if this was the only film as his I've ever seen, I would not be inclined to watch his other films. Oh, see, I, yeah. I dis- that's where I disagree. I think I get to the end of this movie, and at that point, I understand what he was trying to accomplish. So it makes me want to go back and rewatch it with a new understanding. I think I would get a lot more out of it. I didn't have time to, but I want to. But I agree with you that you know, that sh- they should give you a hook of something to hold on to throughout the movie that a kind of promise, this will come to fruition. Yeah. He doesn't do that here. He just expects you to kind of hold on and hope. Um, and I think that's just his lack of skill at this point. And he gets much, much better at it. He does capture the bleakness of Cleveland pretty well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, there, there, are some, there are some absolutely beautiful shots in this. <laughs> I Whoever said the cinematography was terrible. You're just flat out wrong. Scientifically proven that you're wrong. <laughs> there, are some, there are some beautiful shots. That shot when in Florida where she's sitting on the bench by the beach. Yeah, right. Notice he won't mention Cleveland. Oh, no, yeah, not of Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland's terrible. But, the apartment in New York? No, no, no. In Florida when she's okay. sitting out so on the, the bench by the ocean. The she's just waiting for them. Right. That The way that's framed is gorgeous. That's absolutely beautiful shot. One shot does not, not make a movie. Uh, that's not just it's not that shitty shot. cinematography. It's it's good cinematography of shitty environments. Yeah, I mean they're. I mean, in general, I, I love the line. I love the line when they're in Cleveland and they're just walking across. And that's the other thing about Jarmusch's movies that is that it's hard to get into, and I might be a little bored. But there's such an authenticity to the characters and what's happening. Yeah. You know, and the, the part where they're just kind of like walking around the train tracks in Cleveland, and uh, Eddie says like. Uh, some, something to the effect of every place looks the same. Yeah. Like, and that's and that's going back to what Steve was talking about, the thematic idea of, you know, they're going somewhere to change their life and their life stays the same. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate the thematic idea behind it, but make an interesting movie with that thematic idea then. <laughs> and, and, uh, and make the you characters could... likable and, and you want to either relate to them or root for them right. or, or find out what's going hey, on with their story. Weren't you just saying, like, an hour ago... That you, the characters don't have to be likable. And Steve, yeah. don't you always no, say that they don't have to be likable? But don't bore the fuck out of me. I would say that's like when you talk. So about I have to be consistent. I'm being consistent, Nate. No, you're not. <laughs> right. You talk about the authenticity of it, and I do think he captured the authenticity of people sitting around doing nothing. And talk like, I don't talk. watch that. Right, that's a movie. movie. That's he actually captures captures it a little too well in this movie because that is how pe- people don't have fluid conversations. You say something, goes someone goes, huh, and then there's a little bit of silence. Just kind of right. stare around. He does that something. so much better in his other no, movies. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I just said. Yeah. He he yeah. perfects that because it's a little too authentic in this. Leave these people to One of the lives. best scenes in this movie though. has no dialogue in it whatsoever. And it's the shot in the movie theater. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's just the five of them sitting across and yeah, there's no make... dialogue. And he grabs the popcorn from him. 
I must have slept yeah. during the aisle to rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> that seems funny. I, I agree. <laughs> this is, I, I missed what made it a comedy. Uh, Damn exactly. it. <laughs> this is definitely not a movie for everybody, but this is, I don't think it's this is why I like Jim Jarmusch, because I, I, at this point, I know that, okay, I may not quite get what's going on, but I know there's going to be a payoff. I can you've got this it, like, like subconscious bleak artist common thing between you guys that I just don't have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I just because I've seen enough of this. He's actually very optimistic. If you yeah. if you watch Down by Law or Only Lovers Left Alive, there's such optimism in those movies. I can't yeah, but disagree, this is but movie. we're talking know, about this piece of shit from this right now. And I don't think actually I don't think this movie is bleak because their lives do change. This movie right? is not bleak. I don't think so. They they all get like basically what they want in the end she right? comes she comes to the states thinking it's going to be this wonderful thing uh-huh and she gets stuck with her cousin for mm-hmm. 10 days who can't stand her yeah. then she goes to live with her invalid aunt in cleveland mm-hmm. hates it and says i'm gonna go to miami she gets to miami oh fuck, i need to get out of here and then the guy who lives in new york can't stand it there mm-hmm so he's like, well, maybe it's better in Cleveland. Uh-huh. He goes there, find it. No, it's not good. Let's try Miami. No, I lost all my money in the dogs. Oh, oh wait, I got to save my cousin. Oh, fuck. Now I'm going to Budapest. Yeah. And then the buddy who's getting dragged along through this whole thing. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to go along because I'm not an alpha male and I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> he's going to Cleveland. No, he's not. No, now we're going to go to Miami. Oh, wait, but my friend's now on a plane to Budapest. I don't know where the girl is that I think I love. So I'm just going to drive off to nowhere. Yeah. That whole thing. I is think that they all got what they wanted in the end. They all got what they deserved. No, not what, what they, they wanted. wanted. <laughs> because she wanted to live the rich American lifestyle. She's a Florida with a ton of money. He wanted an adventure. Basically, the main what's uh, I can't uh, remember John Larry uh, Winner. Yeah. He wanted an adventure. He got that in the end, right? Uh, and I think I I got the sense that he was going to end up the uh, Eddie was going to end up back at the hotel right. with her at the end. That's the the feeling i got it's right? a feeling but they, and i was he thinking the have. same thing but they he fades to black he's nowhere around well yeah so you can't assume that yeah, I mean, where else is he I gonna got. go right back he's gonna to go to the hotel room prison could have been hit by a car missed, i think yep. john Bush missed an opportunity to do like a before sunset thing with this oh yeah, yeah. maybe to follow up with them 10 years later yeah i think that would have been interesting but uh, i don't know short film. i don't know if, if uh Steve, you, you bring up Beckett now and then. Um, yeah. If you thought where Pauline Kael called this like the visual equivalent of a Thomas Beckett play. I could where, see that, yeah. Where Everybody. the detail is kind of like in between. Okay. Anybody else have anything they want to say about this? <laughs> wow. I didn't think anybody would have anything to say. So <laughs> that, was like, that was like a bare-knuckle brawl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kevin actually lunged at me at one point. I did. <laughs> Yeah. I picked up a bottle. I was about to smack it. <laughs> <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? Uh, okay, so Nate, what what's the grading situation? Because I really have no idea. What so, did you give it? A B? With, okay. With two oh, Fs, a, a D, and two Bs, Stranger Than Paradise gets a D plus. It is uh-huh. also a Kentucky Fried Lucas. It is the uh-huh. same grade as Scavenger Hunt. Uh-huh. Same oh, level wow. quality. Of yes. Oh, wow. man. That is perfect. I that good. Exactly where it belongs. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I, <laughs> pretty fair. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of uh, amazed. Okay. So we're going to put Stranger Than Paradise, which is going to be really interesting, on our foot chart. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> putting Stranger Than Paradise on our flick chart, first first movie comes up against is Metropolis. Metropolis. Stranger Than Paradise. Metropolis. Even Tom will agree with us on this. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Metropolis. Uh, Brian. Stranger Than Paradise versus An American Tale. American Tale. Stranger Tale. Than Paradise. Stranger Than Paradise. After rewatching American Tale, it just plummeted. Yeah, that's a problem I have. And it's like, it's unfinished. It's got some huge quality aspects. I lost all nostalgia for it. But... It's an animated kids movie. How much depth do you expect? I know. Can you rewatch it? How yeah. much depth could there I'd like be? finished animation scenes. <laughs> I'd like finished Finish animation scenes. Troll Tom Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go an American Tale. Yeah, it's a kids movie about a Jew escaping in persecution yeah. in Russia. That's okay, and it wasn't it wasn't very good. Death. Ah, that's three. For it's the not tail. we're back a dinosaur <laughs> story, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> so American Tale wins. Does it, Nate? Did you go American Tale? Yeah, I'd go American Tale. All right. Yep. Stranger <laughs> than Paradise versus the Limey. Oh, the Limey. The Limey. The limey. I would yeah. go the Limey. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand why that's so low. It has Peter Fonda's forehead as a bad guy. It's terrifying. <laughs> His forehead is like right out there. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the limey. We gotta be careful because I'm reactionary voting. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know, and I'm trying not to. Yeah. All right, the limey wins. Stranger than Paradise versus the A Team. Stranger than Paradise. First film we ever yeah, did on the podcast. Uh, I would go the A Team. There's no evidence of that, Tom. <laughs> that's sad yeah this is our introductory buried cinema well it was our introductory incidental dog movie anyway. yeah i'm going stranger than paradise i heard uh, nate's um, i said I he's going stranger than paradise yes I, I haven't seen it yeah and i haven't seen it either okay so two for stranger than paradise you Wings. guys would love it stranger than paradise stays in the 400s it's at 404 it is two spots below chappy <laughs> oh my god oh. Chappie I quit. I quit. I quit, quit this podcast. No. It's above Six String Samurai. Should be below it six is samurai. six String spots Samurai. above Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. And below all of that is Metropolitan. <laughs> I quit this podcast. <laughs> uh, what are we doing next? Talking about what comes next month? Yeah, I don't um, care anymore. Nothing matters anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Next month is gonna make Tom even more mad. (laughs) It's all sad. Quick, get a camera. All right, let's talk about happy shit. What's going on next? Uh, (laughs) I think you're uh, barking up the wrong tree if you're looking at the movies for next month for happy shit. So it's WTF (laughs) month. WTF? Crazy spoofs. It's gonna be painful. So what did Brian? Brian picked the theme, but what Kung movie Fu did he pick? Okay. Yeah, which is fun. That actually is Kung a fun Pao, movie. Enter the Fist. Or Kung Pao, yeah, sorry. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. I get those fun. two mixed up. It, yeah, it is. If As long as you're not expecting you have to go to yeah. a, You have to go to a really weird place for this to be fun. <laughs> All right. I got some stuff I can take care of. A little uh, herbal encouragement to yeah, enjoy exactly. it. <laughs> so, yeah, so the theme is WTF it's spoof WTF. movies. WTF, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if Nate or I had the specific pairing, but I'm going with the last remake of Bo Guest. Um, apparently, there was Bo Guest was a novel about um, some brothers in the French Foreign Legion and their adventures. Oh wow, in the are desert. we doing this? And they've are made we in the segment. Oh, are we? 
Yeah. Nobody <laughs> yeah, uh, introduced us. I just went into it. So professional. <laughs> yeah. I was so, not ready for that. That's what we're doing. Yeah, so it's about that, and um, so this is a remake. <laughs> Dude, uh, he's not going. Can we is it Do we need an introduction? Yeah. All right, so yes. cut Holy this shit. back. So anyway, next month, the podcast was Brian's pick. Brian's not here, so... Um, just running with the ball. Exactly. But it's doing exactly. everything we can to piss Tom off. <laughs> and so, the theme is... It's a WTF month, and the theme is... Spoof movies. Brian picked Kung Pao Enter the Fist. And then cut what I said previously right here. Mark it. Um, Nate. Go. Um, yeah, so we're doing so we were doing Kung Pao Enter the Fist. And I guess we're also doing a Marty Feldman movie. Yeah. It's gonna be really messed up. And so I by Marty Feldman, starring Marty Feldman, directed by Marty Feldman. So this How could is, he go wrong? WTF month has gone in weird directions, and this is one of the weirdest. Um, I was <laughs> thinking, like, I was honestly thinking, okay, like WTF and directors, and the first one that came to mind for me was Takashi Miike. But then we had to do some kind of a spoof, and I never know what he's made. Like, I think actually his hundredth movie comes out this year, um, and he still goes. He still makes two or three movies a year. Um, and so I wanted to do a movie of his called Zebra Man, which is kind of a spoof, somewhat on. Um, like superhero movies. It's about a school teacher who turns into Zebra Man. <laughs> okay. I hate this whole podcast. <laughs> for, for your benefit. What's I'm, funny is Tom hates this podcast, but he's he's the one that has to listen to it over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just giving himself a Sisyphean punishment. <laughs> I, I hate this. Tomorrow Pushing I'm just going to push this rock right back up the <laughs> So we're doing a lot of drinking and crying. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's interesting you say that, Nate. When I think WTF directors, I go right to Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen all his films. I've only seen that one. His yeah. other films are good. I know. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I don't know, man. I don't know what to do with this. Go, go with your heart. Tom, you've got the wild card, so you can kind of just pick a WTF movie. You could Good. make us watch like Itchy the Killer, and we would all really hate you. <sighs> go go with Tristan Shandy. Stop it, Steve. No. If we were going to watch Tristan Shandy, you would have had a pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to do this. I, I may hate myself, but I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the movie that Kung Pao is based on and features parts of. Oh, gosh. Uh, the Savage Killers from 1976. Okay. Um, like, I think Kung Pao is actually uses footage from this movie. So essentially, you're watching part of this twice. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. So is it like a Jim Jarmusch movie? Uh, it'll either be very Jim Jarmusch or very bad. Movie. It is directed by Yu Wang. It stars Yu Wang. My Wang? <laughs> Boy. You watch Scavenger Hunt and suddenly... I don't know. You're not allowed to claim racism. <laughs> 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 that is culturally sensitive for me. Well, you know what, Tom? The last time we watched a martial arts action movie directed by the star, it was... Oh, yeah, it was Miami Connection. It was. It was Miami Connection. So Ooh. I feel like it set a good precedent. Man of Tai Chi. I was yeah, Man of Tai Chi. Yeah, I, thought, I don't think Keanu Reeves Keanu is a star Reeves. in that. 
Yeah, he was. But this is also a legitimate kung fu film. Yeah. So is Miami Connection. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the tamest uh, do it. WTF do it. month you've ever yeah, had. Yeah, it's not too bad. We've got PG movies. I feel like I won't be too embarrassed to show some of these to my wife. Some of the stuff we've done in the past is just, oh my goodness, I want to pull my eyes out. So, next Spoof. month. Next yes. month. Spoof. Spoof. could edit an entire second podcast into just <laughs> bootlegging alcohol. Does yeah. sound like a good podcast name. Sad thing is, you'd probably get more listeners. Yeah. <laughs>